0: Hello and welcome to Postgres FM, a weekly show about all things Postgres QR. I'm Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, how are you doing today? Hello, doing great. Just returned to California for a
1: long trip, long flight, but doing great. How are you? I am also well just recovering from our hottest day ever in the UK. Oh, yeah, I I was uh, tired of movies and tried to watch some news and so on. And the BBC 95% of time was talking about these weather records, right? So,
0: yeah. Wonderful. So today you chose the topic. What is it we're going to be talking about and why?
1: We are going to talk about various kinds of indexes, particularly we are talking like brain indexes, so block range indexes. Because recently we had a few materials published, like it's, I think it's good, also discussion on Hacker News, so it's a good time probably to discuss
0: various aspects What we, in our experience as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very interested in this. And as as you mentioned, there was a recent blog post by Paul Ramsey at Crunchy Data. And I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to be able to see a talk at Postgres London by Thomas Vondra about some of the improvements.
1: Oh, and oh, so you, you was. Yeah, let me repeat <laughs> the thoughts I expressed last time. I think all conferences should start recording. In terms of my personal materials, I'm going to only to attend conferences which record. I think it's very important to present to a wider audience because not everyone can travel and it's just much more efficient if you present to offline audience and you have good connection to them and follow up discussions after you talk. but also if you have recorded material this is forever it published and you can refer to your previous materials and you can also see some mistakes you've made and then fix later i saw how other conferences outside postgres community did it during many many years and it also it's also beneficial for conference itself because these like cloud of materials accumulated over years, it attracts even more attention to the conference and it increases with value. So I think conferences which don't record, they shouldn't exist anymore at some point. This is my strong belief. So as I've said in San Jose, I I made an announcement that I'm not going to present anymore if conference is not providing recording. So I'm glad that you was, Thomas Wondra, right? You you was there. Yes, and it was. Uh, And you saw it, but
0: we have slides we don't have video unfortunately right yes good point he was great and he published his slides i'm not actually 100 percent sure it's the exact slides from postgres london but i think he's given this talk a couple of times so it's from one of them
1: i hope he will give it one more time online i already asked to invite him to postgres tv open talks series so i hope we will have a recording if he accepts it would be great wonderful
0: anyone listening that will be on postgres tv if we get it right so, we have Postgres FM, Postgres yeah. TV. Quite easy
1: to remember, right? And since we discussed it a well, little, everyone please subscribe and help us to grow. Uh, what what can help? Of course, if you subscribe, it can help. And also, if you share links to Postgres FM, to uh, particular episodes, or just to Postgres FM w- uh, webpage in your social networks and groups where you discuss Postgres or engineering in general, it would be very helpful for us to grow.
0: So, please do it. Brilliant. Well, so block range indexes. So we have our default index type. If I, if I just create an index in, in Postgres, it will create a B-tree, which is the default. A great default. Uh, it's got a lot of benefits. It's brilliant. But we do have other options. And one of those is Brin. Yeah. Speaking yes. of B-tree, I think in, in every database system, it's mm-hmm. a default. And this is
1: my favorite question, but also a very tricky question. When you interview some engineer, you feel it's quite a good engineer, but if you like pull this question uh, out of your set of uh, prepared questions, like what's B3 and let's discuss uh, the structure and balancing. In many, many cases, uh, interview is over, unfortunately. So so I think every engineer should know it, but many there are many, many engineers who don't know, unfortunately, what B3 is. But B3, of course, is a standard de facto for database systems. All right? But uh, it's not enough in, in many cases. It's like not enough in terms of performance uh, and b3 can be can degrade over time quite like a lot Uh, or it can be big one right in terms of like size occupied and also like when you talk about size it's not only disk space uh, occupied but also part of buffer pool the cache state so if index is huge it means your buffer pool needs to keep more pages more buffers in the pool right i, I just wanted to provide some remarks about b3 because uh, also like some meta remark additionally uh, we have got very good feedback thank you to everyone for feedback it's very important for us to hear what you think about our show and the ideas uh, and we also like got some f- couple of guys mentioned that we we like quite basic material right let's do some more hardcore but I'm 100% sure that there are many many people who need basic material so I think we need to continue to talk about some basics but sometimes trying to go deeper of course right so that's why I talk about b3 because if it jumps straight to
0: brain well b3 is default so it's it's, it's important to understand how it works well, and Brin is quite advanced, I would say. I think a lot of people can go a long way using Postgres and there's not a sensible case for using Brin or there's no need to know about it for a long time. And you mentioned already a few of the times where B-trees can get cumbersome. And I think the the big one here is size. Just raw, you know, if you've got a very, very large table and you're indexing a column on it, it can be a very, very large index. And then there's bloat. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing that got brought up by Paul Ramsey in his blog post, which I hadn't actually considered before, was there can be a difference in write overhead. So Btree having a higher write overhead on average than some other index types. So that's that's one other final downside sometimes.
1: Yeah, this famous uh, index write amplification, uh, one of the reasons Uber went from Postgres to MySQL, right? So each time we update row, all indexes should be updated unless it's hot update. So it's a big problem, of course. So if we have just one index, it's just one update additionally to the heap update. But if we have 10 indexes, overhead becomes bigger and bigger. That's why you need to get rid of unused indexes and redundant indexes, right?
0: Yeah, but the one thing I hadn't considered was that different index types could have massively different overheads to one another. and that, um... Well, well... Well, it's,
1: it's very common, for example, to have issues with updating of GIN. There, mm. there are special options, like fast update and so on. So GIN updates are very heavy, expensive. But of, of B3, like, it's like medium level of overhead in terms of
0: updates. But Brin is, is definitely like light. Super low. L- light, super low, right. Do you think it's fair to say that the biggest advantage of Brin indexes is their size. So they're at least an order of magnitude, often two orders of magnitude, smaller than a, a B-tree index.
1: Well, right. So if you don't know about B3, you should definitely start with Wikipedia as soon as possible if you consider yourself engineer, right? But what is B- B- Brin index? It's quite simple structure which describes which... Uh, like in in uh, b 3 pages, we have uh, links to uh, tuples, and but not direct for for each tuple, but for ranges. So we describe it like this page in heap has tuples starting from this ID or timestamp or something, starting with this number till this number. So everything in between is there. Of course, uh, m- multiple pages can be referenced in this way by default, it's one hundred pages. Yeah. Uh, it can be referenced uh, in, in for one range, but it can be uh, adjusted so so in this case, like interesting here is that this index directly dictates you that like you should think about physical layout because b three directly doesn't do it, right so of course, we know that. If, for example, you have some value or range, and B3 says that these tuples are located in that uh, heap pages. And, for example, we have a thousand tuples, and each one is in separate pages, so a thousand uh, pages. It's called sparse storage. You can run c- cluster command and reorganize your heap so the storage will be according to this Index, right? And in this case, probably they will all go to a few pages. So fetching such tuples will be extremely fast compared to this sparse storage. But bin index directly says I'm useful only if your tuples in heap are stored sequentially according to ID or timestamp. So in this case, uh,
0: for a particular range, only a few pages will be referenced. Right. The way I've heard it described is, it's it's all about correlation. And if they're exactly in order, hundred percent correlated, it it's optimal, and you can get really good performance there because the index can be used to filter out the vast majority of the of the blocks from being scanned, and it only has to look at a, a small number. But as it gets less correlated, uh, performance degrades. And if it's if there are some uh, exceptions and it makes the makes the ranges wider than they than they ideally should be it can degrade quite quickly and
1: overlapping also yes. overlapping so right so so like okay uh, but yeah not overlapping but uh, the same range can be uh, used many times because more than 128 pages are referenced for this range so it's not good but like how can we check the physical, storage aspects. There is a hidden column called CTID. You cannot create a column called CTID, right? Because it's a system name. It's reserved. But what CTID is? It's in two numbers. One number is page number and second number is offset inside page. First number is the most important and there is a trick how to extract it for like various I don't know, like to to count distinct number of pages for particular rows. It's easy. You can convert it to point, and then extract only first. Like to point, I mean x x y, right? And then you can take only first argument, and in this case, you will get only page. This is how you can extract only page number from the ID. So you can check your your data always and check what CTIDs or just page numbers with this trick. You can check and you can see exactly, if if, if you can see this correlation, right? So if you have sequential ID used or timestamp, which is filled by some uh, like now or better in this case, clock timestamp because now is generated only in the beginning of transaction. So if you insert, you have some batch insert, thousand rows, all of them will have the same now value, but clock timestamp will generate timestamp for each, Row inserted, right? And you will have difference in values, right? And in this case, you can just check select CTID, convert to point and get first uh, argument and then ID or credit add, and you can see if there is correlation or you, I think you can even. Apply some functions to prove that correlation correlation is strong, right? Maybe it's a good, good exercise.
0: But the cases I hear about this, are, like people actually using these in the real world, tend to be cases where you're pretty sure it's correlated already because you've been inserting timestamp data in order. You know, maybe it's a sensor reporting data, and you, it's you never update it, you never delete it. It's all going in order, and you can roughly
1: delete is, delete is okay. Only update matters.
0: Good point. Good point. Yep. Um, so you can check for sure, but equally, that's the case where it's most likely to be relevant, or at least until the latest version. I think those cases were pretty much the only good use case for Brim when you depend Append heard... only tables. Exactly. Right. Yeah, let me describe once more. I'm trying to, like, for,
1: as I've said, some basics, to describe some basics. Uh, yes, good. So, luck. once you've learned what CTID is, I recommend you to create some table with, uh, surrogate primary key, like, sequentially, some generated number or some, some, like, sequence. And then, I, like, for example, we have a row where ID is one. And we, we see that it's, it's inside page zero, we've offset zero. Okay. But then, i recommend you to execute update this table set id equals id where id equals one and see what happens with ctid this is very interesting because it may be unexpected for you because uh, you will see that ctid value changes sometimes page is the same if there there is space inside the page but you see how tuple which is a raw version physical raw version is generated new tuple generated always even if you Logically, didn't do up, like ID equals ID means we don't do anything, right? <laughs> but you see how tuple is generated, uh, uh, that's why updates can f- shuffle your data, right? You, you can have uh, correlation can be worse over time.
0: Yes, let's use an example where if I have some really old data and maybe I found out the sensor was incorrect or had a bug in it and some of the data needs to be updated, if I update some right. of that old data what Postgres will really do is insert new rows at the bottom of the heap and then mark the... Or in some pages where there is a space. Yes, left. good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But, but, but if not you in the same... Yes, but then that reduces the correlation of that table. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah,
1: or, or like we have some import of old data we are missing. Let's not update, but insert can be a problem as well. If we insert all yeah. data, like po- postponed insert, right? Delete is not a problem. I I, I, I don't see problem with deletes, but postponed inserts and updates. And also, you know what? Probably a problem uh, repacking. If you run PGRepack, PGRepack allows you to achieve the same effect as cluster, but without uh, downtime, not blocking yeah. for long. Right. So, if someone, some DBAs, for example, didn't notice that there is a Brin index, which requires this correlation with physical storage, uh, and decided to uh, perform P- repacking using pg_repack and use clustering uh, according to some another column in or index, uh, you will get very different physical storage, and correlation will be not good at all. In terms of, for your brain index, right?
0: Interesting. I thought I thought PG repack would help. Have you heard of PG squeeze? That's the one I've, I'm aware yeah. of. That's an alternative to repack. Yes,
1: I've, I've read about it, checked it, but I mean I didn't use it yet. Sure. it's an interesting idea to use logical decoding instead of this PG repack approach with like substitution of table. It's it's a really interesting idea with delta table, right? So PG repack writes all changes in some delta table and then. Sometimes it's a it's a challenge to apply it because a delta changes from this delta table should be applied need to be applied in a single transaction. So if a lot of changes are accumulated, it can be it can be a problem. But but if you I mean if you use repacking with cluster option uh, using different for example you may have uh, I don't know like uh, like some name column, right? Alphabetical, and you want to reorganize your heap. You have uh, pages. Uh, you, you need to present the data with pagination, ordered by name. And you think this is the most useful use case for you, so you decided to reorganize heap. So the data in in heap is ordered according name. So there is correlation with name, not with ID or created at timestamp. And uh, your brain in this case would. Will perform not not
0: good unless it's a brand right? name, <laughs> right? But I've actually thought of a problem with delete as well. Once you've de- what what once what you've deleted it? those rows in the let's say in the middle of your heap and it's vacuumed later, new inserts are now mm-hmm. going to go in the middle. Yeah. So now we've got point. a problem again. But anyway, point, so this was a, This is interesting because I think it slightly takes us on to the improvements that Thomas was talking about in Postgres yeah,
1: PostgreSQL because we discussed this yes let's yeah. do that so so just to make some conclusion before we discuss improvements in postgres 14 so it it means that before postgres 14 brin can be used only if you definitely have a append only pattern for your table log like a table you log some events or some data from some like some telemetry data from somewhere and so on. right or- in this case brin can be useful
0: or it degrades quickly and you need to reindex regularly like i i guess there are some use cases mm. if um if you do update data and then reindex you i guess you have some benefits still um but it degrades quickly and maybe there isn't the benefits maybe you're better off hold on day-tree. reindex
1: it, can reindex help like clustering can help so you
0: need to organize here good point maybe re- like yeah maybe repacking with repacking and then Reindexing, clustering. Maybe,
1: maybe this this is interesting. Do we need reindexing? But yeah, but it's it's light anyway. <laughs> yes,
0: um it's very light. To but build they were popular. Build. Like that use case mm-hmm. is not is you know lots of people have logging tables. Lots of people do have this at least for one table. Yeah, but but the problem is I always like I, I tried at
1: least three times over few last years since uh, Breen popped up like uh, was was created Mm -hmm. never decided to go with Breen never interesting (laughs) I don't know like I I didn't find it useful like okay the size of it is quite small but it, it always on large volumes of data it always performed worse than B3 for me much worse maybe because I had like these, these materials, both materials were mentioned, and we will provide links in description. Mm-hmm. They all, both mentioned that for like point searches, like when you need only one row or a couple of rows, Brin is not attractive. Maybe I had closer to this, so like I needed only 20 rows for pagination and so on. But when you need to find many, many rows, like thousands of rows, Brin can outperform B3. I just never, I, I always, when I need to decide what I should use, I do experiments. I'm yeah. a huge fan of it. I, I I'm building company on top of idea of experimenting. Experimenting with always, always, always for learning, for making decisions. It's the best case if you can experiment with uh, production data or like similar to production without PII, without, without personal data. But I never decided to use Brin. Because I saw them less performant compared to B-tree, even for update only tables, only inserts.
0: I'm the same. I've only (laughs) ever seen B-tree outperform Brin in terms of raw query performance. I think there's a good example in the in the Crunch Data blog post where, in lab conditions, Brin can outperform B-tree, but in the real world, Uh, uh, I have. like, let me to have some disclaimer. Yeah. Uh,
1: last time I was like a bad cop guy who criticized <laughs> a lot of various stuff. I'm going to continue. So, like, like, like I, th- I see I see value in criticism, but I'm going to be like polite, maybe sometimes not very polite, but (laughs) because I often have uh, some uh, opinion, uh, quite strong opinion, right? But I hope uh, nobody will be offended and uh, it's just for improving things, not for uh, damage, right? And I also can be sometimes very wrong, and I, I I quickly admit it if I see evidence that I'm wrong. But in this case, I want to criticize both materials, from both from, from Paul Ramsey and Thomas Vondra. I cannot understand how we can talk about performance and the layout and so on, and provide plans without buffers. It's a huge mistake. Like, simply huge mistake. Because we d- discussed how Breen uh, can be more uh, better in terms of performance than B3, and talk about some timing, which is have a lot of <laughs> fluctuations, right? And it's not reliable. At least, at least you n- need to run it multiple times and take some average if you talk about timing. So, and and also Paul Ramses' blog post also makes some conclusions based only just. From a single point of data, for example, like ten rows, hundred rows, thousand rows, ten thousand rows. Okay, we see Brin is better. What? Like I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm not convinced because I saw for huge, also like million rows. Seriously, million rows is is nothing today. Yet test at least with billion rows, right? So so sorry for maybe I'm offensive, but I just it's it's so like I just want everyone to 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 have better materials. It's great, great to discuss performance, but don't do plans of explain-analyze. Do plans with explain-analyze buffers. We will see I.O. I.O. is most important. All indexes are needed to reduce number of I.O. operations. Index is all about reducing I.O., any index. We want, instead of making like a lot of buffer hits and reads, we want to have a few buffer reads and hits to fetch one or or thousand rows we don't want to have a uh, million uh, hits and reads when we need only thousand of rows but when you talk timing i don't understand where this timing comes from when i see buffers i understand oh this timing goes from a huge uh, reads and he- buffer reads and hits numbers
0: yeah right? really good point and i think actually there's a couple more dis- so the reason i was always um i always Used to think until the until the blog post and until a couple of things that Thomas said, I always thought Brin couldn't outperform Btree tree because it only has the ability to do bitmap heap scans or bitmap scans in general. Oh, and yes. So yes. a B-tree can also do a bitmap scan. So the only slight advantage is that you have to build the bitmap if you're using a B-tree. So there's a slight overhead there for the B-tree, but it's also efficient, so it's looking at exactly the blocks it needs, whereas the bit the
1: um, when you say you need to build it, you mean uh, you as an executor, like the postscript, yeah, it, right? No, not, sorry, yes, not, not the user, not, not user. the user, no. Right. But it, user I was bits.
0: thinking right. the the executor has to for the B index, but it doesn't have to for the Brin index, but. With a BRIN index, I think you'd always get false positives back that you have to filter out. Like you're always going to get some rows on those blocks that you're going to then have to get rid of. So I didn't understand how it could be more efficient. But the, the main advantage I always thought was the size. So instead of having a multi-gigabyte index that also then takes up multiple gigabytes in the, in the cache and all those things, you could have a an index that's normally in the kilobytes or even for very large tables in the megabytes. So that, that I always saw that as the main advantage rather than performance. You know,
1: if, for example, if we just created a table filled it with data and forgot to run vacuum and I see a cr- crunchy block post it. in this case, you will have the plan with map index scan, right? And in this case, I, I can imagine that Brin will be... Efficient if you have huge table and you need to find and fetch a lot of rows, should be there. But but like I would definitely look first of all on on like a type of operation like bitmap index scan and also I will I would look at buffer hits. I've just hits remembered. 100%. Yes,
0: I agree. <laughs> One last thing that's a bit unfair with the Crunch data blog post, and I know it makes it a slightly fairer comparison, but it's unfair in the real world is that they also disabled index-only scans because Brin doesn't support them. So make it a more apples-to-apples comparison. That's disabled, but in the real world, you might sometimes get an index-only scan, especially for data that isn't changing. Michael, 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 you you were
1: supposed to be a good cop here. (laughs) Why?
0: (laughs) I didn't agree to this. Why why you... Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, Yes, but yeah... um, Those are all really good points. I'm really happy that we've brought those up. I actually do think they're good uh, content and I'm glad that they spark in a discussion here. The other thing, if we're on the more advanced side, um, I do think Bryn has improved a lot in the last version. I didn't know that, Uh, until, well I wasn't aware of how much it had until Thomas's talk the one thing I really wanted to bring people's attention to is a new operator class which I'm aware is slightly advanced but um, by default Brin indexes still behave pretty much exactly as they did in Postgres 13 and 12 I believe but if you change a setting while you're creating the index, if you create it slightly differently using a new, well there's a couple of different new uh, operator classes but the one I'm particularly excited about is min max multi and the, the my understanding of that and it, this might be flawed is that instead of only maintaining a single minimum and maximum for each block range it can instead maintain multiple minimum maximums now the the big advantage of that I I well, so two two big advantages are it can support different types of correlation so if there are um, if your data's uh, oddly, it, it, maybe not the timestamp example, but may well actually timestamp example is great. If we, if we inserted some old data, we would now be able to uh, have two min maxes, or probably not two, probably lots more than that. But we could have the new data and the old data and a big gap in the middle where Postgres knows it doesn't have any data for that big gap. So, at worst, they degrade much less badly but I think it's a huge, huge improvement that could support a lot of different types of correlation as well. And I, I'm interested why... It, well, I, I think it could be so useful that it should be the new default for Brin, but I do understand that defaults are difficult to change and you might not want to affect existing users.
1: To me, it sounds like a game changer change. And like I, I'm looking forward to testing it once again. Unfortunately, I still don't have any real big production with Postgres 14, but once i have it uh, next time like uh, for me it's a reset of my opinion about Brain B- B- indexes so f- because as i've said in the past uh, they like I made decisions not not go and i like n- next time i would probably not spend uh, any time uh, not waste this time d- double checking but now i definitely will, will double check uh for for the cases when this uh, correlation is not perfect and we have some some uh, not an extent intensive but uh, like occasional updates or deletes or postponing inserts as we discussed yeah it sounds interesting and i also see like like to be fair uh paul ramses article describes it doesn't describe these uh, improvements but it it talks about uh pages per range uh, option that uh, was available before already and you can play try to play with this parameter and see how performance in your particular case is affected negatively or positively and also mentions pg uh, stat tuple extension to check like physical layout of pages and and see see what's happening under the hood this is very very good i mean mean, to remind about these capabilities this is helpful if you uh, run your own experiments so good, good thing. But uh, Thomas Vonra discussing improvements also shows some good examples, and uh, I've noticed that these uh, operator classes—it uh, looks like they are available for various data types, right? And UUID is there. This is interesting because UUID is usually considered as like r- randomly dist- physical distribution is awful, right? Is and brain for UUID is not good <laughs> because you have. Like, it's not
0: ordered. Some, I think there are some UUID versions that are... T- ah, there are some. Yeah, okay. But I'm wondering if that's why they've been included. Yeah,
1: well, actually, we okay. use it. I, I now remember we use some, some allocation in our tool. We use some almost uh, ordered, right? But uh, many versions are not... True. Like UUID, V3, V4, I don't remember these things. They don't look ordered at all. And uh, this is interesting to check how... New, ta- new improved uh, Brin index can perform on this this data type. So not only so I mean not only it should be interesting for for cases which not fully update only pattern, but also for these kind of data types. Yeah,
0: in yeah. person actually Thomas made a really good point about this is actually a really good area for new people that want to contribute to Postgres to explore. He has got a few ideas of improving these further. And indexing in general is quite an isolated part of the code base. You don't have to understand everything about Postgres to be able to improve things. Yeah, and good. Brin indexes especially, they're, they're isolated. They're not uh, the default, so they're not as contentious. So I think there's a few... um few good reasons why this would be a good area to get involved in and um i think thomas mentioned being willing to help people out if they do want to want to get started on that kind of thing so that would be awesome good first
1: issue right yeah right the label (laughs) if 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 postgres uh, used github or gitlab uh, it would be (laughs) this label would be there in this issue but no definitely a topic (laughs) for another day Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have several topics like that. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, so, so I, I find these two materials useful for reminding that you can use this in your experiments or that. But as I've said, I think everyone should experiment with their own data and queries. If you need to make decision, don't trust blog posts blindly experiment with your data and your queries think about if even if you don't have data you can generate some like as close as you think about future and also queries and then you can start experimenting
0: absolutely my my big piece there is always to make sure you have the roughly the right um, number of rows like everything else matters a bit but then the, the raw number of rows in the right order of magnitude makes a big, big difference to which query plans you're going to see and to over-performance. Mm-hmm. So if you do nothing else, mm-hmm. please at least insert an appropriate number of rows for testing. And I need to add here,
1: uh, on two sides, uh, number of rows on two sides. First number, what c- number of rows stored in table? And second, number of rows you need for your query. Yep. Sometimes there is no limit in query and then your data is growing and this is like this is a big mistake many people do uh, often do so not limiting the result set and, and so you need to think how many rows you, your users will need uh, they they won't need probably a million rows if you present uh, these rows on some page on a mobile or a web app right so you need to think about limit and pagination and so
0: absolutely right i think we're done
1: Yeah, good. Nothing left in this. (laughs) At least, at least in our heads. Maybe some people have some uh, additional thoughts. Uh, I would love to, to, to see in comments or in Twitter probably.
0: Right. yeah and well least, i think provide. we probably could talk about it for a bit more like there's a bloom like the new uh, bloom operating operator class seemed really interesting and the the min max thing is also configurable oh yeah but i'm also conscious of time I and i think we should probably i think that probably is ver- verging a little bit advanced but there's some really cool things happening in Britain if you haven't considered them for a while please do uh upgrade if you can to postgres 14 um what else? I think test fifteen. Or yeah, right. Pos- if test you're brave, pos- fifteen. So. um for, for testing, you not
1: don't need to be brave. You it's not production testing. Can can happen. Very elsewhere, true. Right. So, <laughs> I, I'm not saying upgrade your production to to fifteen
0: better too It's it's probably too yeah. brave. Brave is not quite the right word, is it? Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. And yeah, send us your feedback. Let us know what you'd like to, discussed. And yeah, thank you, Nikolai. Hope you have a good week. Thank you, Michael. See you next next week. See you next week. Bye.